Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning for you. New York Vinny hanging out with you as we always do on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. It's Drive Time Radio where we talk about cars and, and life and what Nathan's doing. We're always interested in what Nathan's doing. But the, mostly we try to give you some information about cars, uh, how you can better utilize your car, how you can make decisions on buying cars. We try to bring in interesting people that know about cars and kind of corral them all into one space. Uh, we do a lot of stuff about electric cars. Cars is the thing here, cars and trucks and specialty interest stuff like that, uh, that uh, even if you're not a car nut, we always think uh, it's our credo on this show that you'll be smarter when you walk away from this show than you were when you walked up to it. And that's what we try to do every week. It is Memorial Day weekend. And as you can see uh, on my screen here, but if you're on the radio, you can't see it on the screen. And sometimes I forget that, that um, I am not one that subscribes to the happy Memorial Day uh, thing that people say all the time. I'm a person that uh, I, I listen. Maybe it's because I didn't serve in, in the military. Maybe it's because I don't know that I could ever charge up, you know, a, a cliff like uh, so many brave men did at Normandy and Omaha Beach and places like that. I, I, I don't know that, that, that I could have done that. So I have the deepest respect for people that did and people that couldn't, people that saved our bacon. And people that, um, uh, you know, not just the, the, uh, the soldiers, uh, but especially the people we honor on this day, the people that gave their lives. Uh, and, and really, somebody pointed this out to me the other day. The people whose lives were taken, I don't know that anybody gave their life. But I know that lives were taken uh, uh, in all of these wars that we have uh, been through through the uh, <clears throat> length of the uh, existence of this country. And so on Memorial Day, I try, I, 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 I get very solemn about it because I really think that with all of these gifts that we are given in this world, uh, you know, the, the cars and the chrome wheels and everything, that we, we, we need to take a day to stop and not think about going to the cabin and not think about uh, did I get my new motor uh, for my motorboat, or did I, uh, you know, did I get the new surf, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, ski, jet ski? Um, did I get all of that? <clears throat> did I put myself in hock for that? And think about the people that couldn't be here because they were making sure that you had the freedom to buy those things, that they were making sure that you had the freedom to uh, drive down the street and flip somebody off and that you that they were making sure that you had the freedom and have the freedom and continue to have the freedom to do so many things in this country so many things that in other countries aren't allowed to be done 
and you can listen to uh, people who are telling you that those freedoms are being eroded every day and you can't do this and you can't do that. But there's more land open to camp on. There's more highway miles available to drive on. There's more gasoline available to put in your car. There's more electricity to put in your car. You have a choice of whether you want to drive an electric car or a gasoline car or a, a, an alternative, other alternative fuel car. Those are all freedoms. Those are all things that don't exist in other places. If you go to Cuba, a communist country, and you want to buy a car, you go on a list, and maybe in 10 years, you'll move up on that list a little bit. And what you'll get is you'll get a car that's been used by the rental agency in Cuba for tourists. And maybe you'll be able to buy that car. It'll take you 20 years of your salary to buy it. And you'll probably have to, have to be a, a member of the Communist Party, the Cuban Communist Party. There's no showrooms in Cuba. You don't go into a, there's, there's no uh, um, uh, Chevrolet dealer on the corner where you go down and you, and you plop down your money and, uh, and you drive out of there with a, uh, a, a brand new Chevy Nova. Doesn't happen that way. <laughs> and that's a freedom. And one of the things that have been so instrumental in our freedom are vehicles. Our cars and Jeeps, especially. It um, it's really when you when you think about when you think about the way the American Army and Navy became what it was. It was yes, the men, but it was also the factories that cranked out the vehicles. That, mot that 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 motored those men's around uh, those men around the different places that they had to go when the Russians came into World War II they did it on horseback everybody got one horsepower that's it one horsepower and if it died on you there was no boost in it and more and more people, uh, as I read about, and especially I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, a, a history nut. Uh, I read about the, uh, the vehicles and how they were produced and, and the changes that the factories had to make. And the more and more I read about it, the more and more I see it, the more and more I, truly believe that, uh, that that without motor vehicles and without the American assembly line and without the way vehicles are constructed that we would have been that, that we would have been in trouble really would have been in trouble and uh, it is uh, it, it, to this day um, you see such a, an affinity and a beauty for Jeeps 
and military vehicles. I know there's the, uh, well, I was um, trying to get somebody on this morning from, uh, uh, although they have a, uh, a big event going out there, but there is a National Museum of Military Vehicles uh, that exists. It's near Yellowstone Park. And it's a fairly new, it's in Du Bois, uh, 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 du Bois Wyoming. I don't think they say it Dubois. I'm thinking they say it Du Bois. And they're open every day from 9.30 to 5. But it's really a fascinating collection of military vehicles, not just Jeeps, but tanks, uh, half tracks. <laughs> I always remember my father. My, my, my father was a card. And my father always would say, man, one of these days I want to buy a half track. In case you don't know, a half track is one of those. It looks like a truck, but at the rear wheels, it has a, a track like a, uh, a tank. Matter of fact, it's half the track of a tank, half the width or length, I should say, of the track of a tank. The track is the piece that moves the tank along on the rollers. And these things will go through, these trucks will literally go through anything. And my, man, my old man always wanted one of these. He had a fast, I don't know why he never got one. But they have them here at the, uh, at the museum. It is, uh, as I said, in Dubois, Wyoming, not too far from uh, Yellow, uh, Yellowstone. So if you're heading out there this summer uh, to Yellowstone or out to Wyoming, to that area of uh, Neck of the Woods, you might want to uh, stop by and take a look. Uh, no reservations are required. Uh, it looks like today uh, they're going to have a, a tour of the Second World War vehicles and then the Founders Tour at the, I love this, the General Lewis Chesty Puller Gallery Tour. <laughs> and, and this, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting that these um, vehicles cover the whole motorized um, history of the United States and what we, what vehicles, I, I don't know if they have any horse-drawn stuff there. They probably do. This is a pretty elaborate. This guy sunk a lot of money into building this museum. There's also, I mean, almost any war museum you go to, you know, in Pittsburgh, uh, pirates are in this week, by the way, take on the Mariners. Uh, in Pittsburgh, they have a uh, a, a um, soldiers and sailors auditorium, and in the soldiers and sailors auditorium, it's it's a great four thousand seat or so auditorium where you can go and listen to music. But all around the auditorium, in the uh, upper floors and everything, they have a, a, a war museum, and they have several. Um, vehicles in that museum. And I think they have a, if I'm not mistaken, they have a, a staff car. They have a couple of Jeeps. They have a few different, um, few different military type vehicles, some motorcycles. Where would we be without motorcycles in our, uh, in our national defense at that time? We would have been, uh, we would have been in trouble. 
We would have been in trouble without the uh, without motorcycles and without the uh, incredible, absolute incredible uh, sacrifices that people made in jeeps and in motor vehicles. It really was something to uh, you know something to think about and uh, to honor. And I know that the you know Jeep. Uh, Stellantis, Chrysler, they uh, they honor their Jeeps and their CJ5s with little emblems. They know their history. They're aware of their history. They build on their history. And although now they don't use Jeeps anymore in the Army, at least that I've seen, you know, many years ago they switched over to the Humvee and the armored personnel carriers. Uh, but on this day, when we remember people killed in wars, I would like to, on on this show, at least, and for this group of people, also remember those who were killed in wars um, by motor vehicles or in motor vehicles. There were uh, many. I tried to find some stats on it, and there's a lot of different... Um, a lot of different, but but thousands of people have been killed. In uh, as a matter of fact, there is even as recently as this um, this past February, a story on sixty Minutes uh, about uh, vehicle safety. As a matter of fact, according to Leslie Stahl's story, you are more likely to get a call to learn that your loved one was killed in an accident, in a motor vehicle accident, than in combat. And the main culprit, uh, according to this, is armored vehicles during training. Uh, lots of rollovers, lots of different, this is right, here, uh, right outside of San Diego. Uh, the vehicles are rolling over. All kinds of vehicles. Humvees, light armored vehicles, Bradley fighting vehicles. According to uh, this article on 60 Minutes, it's, um, it's a problem. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, found that 4,000 of the accidents in the Army and the Marine Corps from 2010 to 2019 resulted in 120 de 123 deaths. Nearly two-thirds of them involved rollovers. Most occurred in daylight on regular roads, even in parking lots. I mean, you expect that people are going to die in training. I mean, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing. But I don't know. Do these vehicles, uh, you know, does it does it make sense that these vehicles uh, shouldn't have the most protection? I'll tell you one thing that actually I read <clears throat> uh, that many of these uh, off, uh, these uh, servicemen don't wear their seatbelts. Simple thing, and the AAVs that they use. Also, so that they also have high accident rates. So that there's definitely a problem.
and uh, it definitely needs to be looked into. But as we take a few minutes today to remember those who sacrificed uh, for our uh, our country and our war effort, uh, and Lord, I wish we didn't have to have a war effort, but we sure do have one. Uh, let's take a moment and remember those who gave their lives for our country, uh, not just in, in combat, but and, and were killed by an enemy's bullet or explosion, but those who were killed transporting munitions to the front lines, those that were killed moving things, uh, uh, you know, uh, materiel from one place to another, those who uh, were, were killed um, on motorcycles trying to get messages up to the front, those who were killed in so many different instances, uh, today we remember you, uh, we salute you, and we honor you. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back, and uh, we have Nathan with his patented um, line that he gets to say every week, and uh, lots more uh, coming up. Uh, we will also have a, what would you call it there? I guess you would call it a Saturday morning cartoon. We'll lighten the mood in the next uh, section, all right? Big news from Ford this week as well. It is uh, the Drive Time Radio Show. I'm New York Vinny, and you are our wonderful listener who we appreciate every day, every minute, every hour. You're listening to 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide, available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Back with you on Drive Time Radio. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Please, if you're going out there and you're going to head to the lake, it's kind of that uh, opening of uh, the summer. Summer is here, although you wouldn't know it by walking out of uh, my door this uh, fine morning. But summer is here. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Also, uh, if you're not doing it, there's a, a bunch of really good stuff going on around town this weekend, uh, including the Folklife Festival, which you can go to. They can take a ride down there. Uh, Shoreline 
Cars and Coffee is going on as usual every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. Uh, my good friends are down there showing off their iron. And on um, Sunday night, is it? Boy, or is it Monday night? I'm, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm looking it up right now uh, because there is an annual event. I'm going to try to get up there. Uh, yes, uh, the uh, the good people at the Rod Teaks Car Club uh, up in Everett have their Cruising to Colby, the place to play on Memorial Day. Cruising to Colby, May 28th and 29th. So Sunday, they have a controlled cruise in downtown Everett, a pro audio sound off, a rock and roll dance from 9 to 2. And then on Monday, May 29th, Memorial Day, the Show and Shine, downtown Everett, and the 3 to 4 o'clock, the Show and Shine trophy presentation in downtown Everett. There's uh, there's just a bunch of stuff going on uh, down there in Everett for, around cars. So if you get a chance and you're not doing anything, you want to go down, you want to check it out, uh, this is, uh, you know, for people that have been around a while, this is the place where people like, you know, this was the cruising place in the 50s. This was the place where you went and cruised, man. You got your short, you drove up and down the street on a Saturday night. I wonder how many marriages, I wonder how many weddings there are um, that can abs absolutely attribute themselves to um, cruising on Colby up there in Everett. I bet you there's a lot of you know, probably a lot of people from um, the 50s and 60s, <laughs> you know, Boeing workers and stuff. That's that's kind of where they met, you know. I know a lot of people. We used to have the Connecting Highway back in uh, in New York. And I know a lot of people that met at the Connecting Highway. A ton of people I know that met at the Connecting and, and wound up uh, hooking up and getting married and having kids. And now they have families and grandkids and and the connecting really doesn't happen anymore like it used to but they take them kids to the car shows all right nathan is our is our producer he is a, a wonderful chap who keeps this show running good morning nathan how good are you good morning Vinny. doing well and i think i need to go to more mariners games i am perfect on the games i've been at this year yeah every the game i've gone to they've won now, did you go? You didn't go doggy night. You went the night before. No, I'll be going to doggy night with actually the Everett Aqua Sox, a minor league affiliate with the Seattle Mariners. But uh, no, it was just a normal night for the Mariners. They were taking on the Oakland Athletics. So I figured my chances were pretty good to see a win. Yeah, yeah, against the Oakland Athletics, man. If you had a little league team right now, you could send them up against the <laughs> Athletics. Good expectation of seeing a win. Boy, what a sad franchise. You know, um, you know, you know, I lived in the Bay Area for a long time, mm -hmm. and I was, uh, you know, an A's fan and worked with the A's. And just to see that friend, matter of fact, I actually asked my Aaron's mom, my my second wife, I actually asked her to marry me, leaning on home plate at the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, is that like a whole first pitch type thing? There, she came. No, out no, 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 oh. no, no, no. There was nobody. No, 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 no. no. There was nobody in the Coliseum. There was nobody. And this was 
I just went to the, the Coliseum. I gave the security card a couple of bucks, and he said, "Yeah, go ahead." <laughs> Very cool. And I went down and pulled out the engagement ring <laughs> and said, "Let's get hitched." And I asked her the home plate. You know, the only sad thing about it was I kept the home plate. I took the home plate. Yeah. So I had the home plate somewhere in my stuff um, that I didn't get a picture of it. You know, because we didn't have cell phones in those days. <laughs> So oh. believe it or not, earlier on, Vinny stole home. Yes, yes, I have stolen home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 you know, you're talking about this, and, I, and I'll r- real quickly. Um, my daughter sent me a picture. She went to the doggy night at, at uh, Safeguard uh, T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll always call it Safeco. I don't know why. I'll always call it the ball. As long as you're not calling it the kingdom, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Maybe if the roof is closed. And so my daughter sent me a picture of her walking her her dog on the bases. Oh. And, you know, of course, they let you go down and walk the dog on the bases. Yeah. So So she went down there. With Panama, her dog, and took it walking around the bases, and I and I and when she did that, it just hit me. You know, a lot of people don't remember. It was a long time ago, but I was very active in um, helping get that stadium built, that ballpark built, uh, back in '95, '96, '97, '98, when nobody, when the Mariners were going to leave town, it was a group of people. It got together, and I don't want to. I'm not going to say I led the charge because I didn't lead the charge, but I did marshal people and make them aware of what they could lose if the Mariners left town. And because there was a time, I don't know if you you may be too young to remember this, Nathan, but there was a time when every year at the end of the baseball season, you thought that the Mariners were going to leave town. You know, you you didn't know that there was going to be a team here next year because they were always talking about going to Tampa Bay, going here, going there. And um, to see that uh, picture from that my daughter sent me and see her walking the bases with the dog, it kind of made the whole thing worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's been many other times that I felt that way, but there was something about this time something about this picture that said that's what I got involved for. That's why I made all those trips down to Olympia. That's why uh, um, uh, Governor <laughs> was a I'll, – I'll, I'll be quick because I know it's not about cars, but it is about cars in a way because that would have been a parking lot yeah. down there if they didn't build Safeco Field. Um. Governor Mike Lowry, who was the governor a couple of governors ago, I I used to take him on on the show when I was on KJR all the time. You got to build this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And so when they did a, a, an article in, uh, I think it was I think it was the, the PI, and it was like uh, five things Mike Lowry doesn't want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> And one of them was uh, doesn't want a call from New York Vinny on Christmas oh. morning, screaming at him to get out there and build the stadium. Uh, 
I got to pull up this article. And and the funny thing was, is that it made my father proud. You know, I mean, like my dad looked at that and said, "Wow." He says that my my son is making the governor afraid. He says that's something you know Italians. That's a very good thing because usually it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I was glad to see it. Glad to see. Uh, I know the Pirates are in town. Uh, another one of my teams, you know, I spent a lot of years back in Pittsburgh and uh, it was, uh, you know, I got to admit that, that I had mixed feelings about last night's game because the Pirates beat them and beat them up. But your know, Pirates have been bad for so long that not that I wanted to see them win, but I'm glad they did. I, I'm glad they took one game out of the series. Well, they could but, possibly take another. I mean, the Mariners really don't tend to do too well against National League teams. And they have pretty comparable records this year, so they could they could go either way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting rest of the series to watch. But uh, the Pirates have an exciting young team, a couple of legit stars, and then a, a legit veteran at the top, uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, mm-hmm. who is one of the best people you'll ever want to meet in the world. Um, this guy is just an absolute joy. Covered him for three years, and uh, uh, did a did a faith night with him one night. Uh, you, you know, back then they do a thing called faith night, mm-hmm. where they have people, you know, people of faith, come in and uh, they ball players talk to them. They, you know, they 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 share their testimony to them. Really, a, a fascinating thing. I, you, I don't think you'd see it out here. Probably back not. Then, yeah, but back there it's a different world, um, and he really had a great, uh, you know, a great testimony and a, a, just a, just a, a, a good guy, you know. So anyway, uh, I'll jump off the baseball here because I know I've been rapping and flapping about baseball, but it's Memorial Day weekend. We kind of have a little bit of a buy here when uh, it comes to a lot of stuff. We were going to have a, a guest from Indianapolis, but that didn't work out. Now, do you watch the Indianapolis Five Hundred? Are you into that at all? Not too much. Great race, man. Next it is. Year, next year, I want to. I want to go live from there. I want to. I want to do my show from Indianapolis, from the race. Yeah, so let's see what we can do. Well, you'll you'll have to come with me. I really. There's there's two races that I want to go to, that I haven't uh, gone to in my life, and one is the Indianapolis 500, and the other is the Kentucky Derby. Ah, I was just at that Kentucky. Speedway, I guess that's something different, but you know, yeah, not the Kentucky yeah. Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Had to let my brain wake up and say, no, 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 that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you know, another another place back there I would really love to go. You know, this kind of the start of vacation season, and another place I would love to go back there is uh, the the NASCAR museum. I'm not really that into NASCAR. But I really, I, I mean, I appreciate the what the sport is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate what it's done for the automotive business, and I appreciate what the automotive business has done for it. Uh, I love, uh, you know, I guess maybe I'm getting into Formula One a little bit more because that's kind of a, it, it's very exciting racing. Yeah, it's more tactical racing rather than just flooring it and turning left. You know, they got to hit the brakes and go right and left and choose when to overtake. A lot more involved with that. 
Yeah, yeah, and that, and also, um, I'm start. I like the uh, the rally stuff too. Although mm. I would need, if I was going to do like rally racing, I would need like you with me, because I I would get lost all the time. You would have to go left, go right. Go- <laughs> Even the drivers have that person there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have to you would have to um, help me out there. All right, uh, Nathan, you got a question for me that you usually ask me about this time every Saturday morning? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, <laughs> Too much baseball. Way, did you see the? Um, did you see last week's video? The Yo oh, the, the Kia. Uh, did I? Yeah, the Kia, and then there was one before that. Uh, let me just go on oh, a Facebook here real quick. Whoop! Uh, it's being a little bit slow there on the face. Oh, there we go. It'll take me a moment to get there, but I can pull that up if you need me to. Uh, yeah, let me see if I got it here. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to do this. Yeah, L- listen to the beginning of this, by the way. I'm not getting anything at the moment. Oh, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Who's that? <laughs> I have no idea. That's Top Dillard, baby. We'll take a look at that. Uh, we'll, we'll delve into that one a little bit later. But this week, uh, did you do the thing already, Theo Vinny? Yeah. Oh, okay. You thought I'd never ask. Apparently, I haven't asked yet. yet. Uh, yeah, ask me again. Okay, Vinny. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Why don't you just do that live when we... <laughs> I like to hear the little car unlock. Oh, Let's you know like you're little... getting into a car. And you're okay being the uh, the voice of uh, of the of the uh, video. Absolutely, you just got to pay me a fifty thousand royalty. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll send you a check. Make sure you hang on to it when you get it, because you can ride it down the street. <laughs> uh, all right, this week we are driving. This is um, an interesting vehicle, to say the least. This week we are tooling around in the 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander. And uh, uh, the EV model, which is a plug-in hybrid. And the number one thing I love about this car is that it recharges itself as it's driving. So you're driving along and you have an EV, you're running down on, you know, running down, you press the button for EV, you put it into charge, and the gasoline engine that's in there will um, turn on and move the vehicle. And while the vehicle is moving, uh, it will recharge the electric part. So yesterday I was driving it and I ran out of electric. I think I was buzzing around town doing some errands and I ran out of electric and you know, boom, goes down to zero, comes out of EV, put it in charge mode. And I don't know how long I was driving around, uh, a half hour or something. I got 14 more electric miles. Now, if you're going on a trip, that's pretty good. That's a three-row SUV, the Mitsubishi Outlander. I mean, it's in there. It's, it's 
the same platform as the Nissan Rogue, uh, and the plug-in hybrid powertrain has 248 horsepower and all-wheel drive. The third row in this thing, it's uh, it, it, it's configured interestingly. And if you need an emergency third row to plop two kids in the back or, I don't know, you know, getting grandma in the back row here would not be an easy thing. If, if you try to get grandma in the back row of this of this truck, of this SUV, you darn well better get the video camera out to record it. But um, it is, uh, we voted it at, uh, it, at uh, uh, NWAPA, which is the Northwest uh, Automotive Press Association, as, as one, of our, one of our top vehicles of the year. Because it is, it has adequate horsepower. It's technologically savvy. It has Android and Apple CarPlay, hands-free power liftgate, wireless charging, and all that stuff that you expect to have in a car these days. Uh, when you look at a close to $50,000 price tag. Uh, the PHEV is the one you want in this one, especially if you're moving it around town, because it's definitely perkier than the one that isn't uh, a PHEV. That's plug-in uh, uh, hybrid electric vehicle, for those of you. Um they only tow about 2,000 pounds, so if you're, you know, thinking big trailer or something like that, check that before you would go and buy it. It has a 20-kilowatt-hour battery pack, and it's, a, you know, as I said, what the big thing is in this thing is, is number one, it gives you the uh, – it keeps you away from range anxiety. Number two, it has off-road chops. We drove this thing through Mudfest. I don't know if you remember the interview I did with Jeremy Barnes from Mitsubishi a couple of weeks ago, but we drove it through the hills and the dale, and, you know, he wasn't shy about get it into the mud, get it into here, get it up, the, you know, the, in the part where you're going up on the one wheel and it's moving you along. Uh, and it is, uh, it is a... Um, uh, you know, I think a, a reasonable vehicle. There's a few things they have to do to this vehicle. Um, I think the one one of the things that I don't know why they did this, uh, probably because this thing is shared with Nissan, and Nissan uses that Shadow you know, Chademo charging um, input. And it's just, listen, kids, boys and girls, people that make cars, one, charging outlet input that's it stop making them with two or three different um systems especially you buy a new car you go for the shot demo which is um the one that they use on the leaf and not all of these new charging machines have them so now you got to go looking for one it's a bad mistake on this one but if you're charging this thing, if, you, if, if you're looking for something that's an alternative to many of the other vehicles in this class, um, 
Matter of fact, the only other compact crossover that has seating for seven in it is the Tiguan. Uh, and the and and the Outlander, I believe, is the only one that has the extra seats in a four-wheel drive model. Uh, if you're looking for a vehicle that, that has some value, uh, you know, that gives you some bang for your buck, that you're not going to have to pay over sticker price for it, I think is a very, very sharp-looking vehicle. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting. The front of this vehicle looks like something out of Star Wars. Something, somebody... Asked me yesterday if it was a Land Rover. I told him no, it wasn't. But definitely uh, a, a sharp vehicle and something. So I'm enjoying my my week in this car. I like the 10-speaker uh, uh, Bose audio system. And I like that, that it's uh, it, it feels like a solid, well-put-together car. So we'll talk more about it. Um this one, uh, the uh, Outlander. Oh, I don't have. You know what? I don't have the base price. I think it's north of forty-five for this uh, for this particular car. I'll have that in a full review. But uh, certainly something worth checking out. The Mitsubishi Outlander. All right, let me. Um, and that's yo, Vinny. What are you driving this week? Big news this week from Ford and Tesla. I don't know if you saw this, but. Ford and Tesla are getting together. And this is something that I don't know how they got to come together like this because they've been certainly at each other's heels for a long time. But if you own Tesla stock, you were happy yesterday because your shares jumped up 7% on the news that Ford vehicles will be able to use Tesla superchargers. You know, if you if you got an electric vehicle and, you know, Tesla, when they did this, they did it right. Elon Musk, no matter what you think about him, did this right. He created the network of being able to charge the vehicle along with the vehicle. So that's why you, you never see Tesla. You know, guys got a Tesla, it's going because there's a, an elaborate, bunch of what do you call it charging stations across the country so ford their ceo jim farley has told nbc i saw the interview yesterday with adapters and software um it's going to be interesting to see that but but you will get an adapter they're going to mail one to people who already own ford electric vehicles and you'll be able to take your mustang Mach-E and your um, F-150 Lightning, use the adapter and go to a Tesla charging station, of which you see millions of them all over the place. I mean, everywhere you go now, uh, shopping center parking lots, uh, ball fields. Where did they just put uh, There was some place around here they just put a row of them in. They're putting them in. So Tesla and Ford are getting a jump on everybody else in solving this, this big problem. Uh, that people have of where do where do you charge this thing? How can I drive cross country? That's a that's a, that's something that uh, that listen. If they're going to uh, adopt these vehicles, if people are going to buy these vehicles, they're going to have to know that there are that they are going to 
be able to drive long distances and find a place to charge the car. You don't want to happen to you what happened to me when you get stuck with no um, electricity up at the Indian John service area on I-90. You don't want that to happen. So good move by, uh, by Tesla and Ford. Uh, I know they're thinking of themselves, but at least the uh, people that buy these cars get a little something out of the equation, too. They get to, uh, you know, they get to uh, uh, get the charging stations that they need to continue on their journeys. All right. Okay. So that's good news for you today uh, as the, the, the coming together of Tesla and Ford in charging stations. I think there's some other stuff that goes around the back of this, too. And uh, I don't know if it's as interesting to you as the big thing, which is if you have a Ford, you have a Lightning, or you have a Mustang Mach-E, within a short amount of time, you're going to be able to plug that into a Tesla charging station and continue on your merry way. So that's uh, good news. Always like to bring people good news. Now, um, bad news (laughs) is that uh, uh, VinFast, the uh, Vietnamese company that I was uh, chatting up uh, a little while ago, oh, boy, they have caused some controversy. They had a press event uh, that I didn't get invited to because nobody invites me to these things anymore. I'm old. They don't want me to. But they had a press event that they went to, and they rolled out these cars, and the cars uh, just weren't pretty ready for prime time, and the press, for the most part, ate them up. And uh, so VinFast has now recalled all of their cars in the United States. They have to go back to the drawing board and, and fix them better, you know, and, and build them better, rebuild them better. Something that I think you're going to wind up seeing a, some with these newer cars, especially these startup companies, you know, Lordstown. I mean, Rivian doesn't seem to be having a lot of problems, but they've had some. But Fisker, uh, VinFast. Um, Lucid, all of these electric car companies that are starting up are all going to have, I think, bumps in the road. And if you buy one of those vehicles, you're going to go along for the ride. And I don't think that anybody who who lays out seventy dollars or $80,000 for an electric vehicle wants one that isn't going to work. Or it has to go back to the dealer all the time. I'm just not seeing that. I may be wrong. But I'm just not seeing that. All right, time now for our cartoon. Let's uh, pay tribute to that wonderful general purpose vehicle that uh, got so many of our soldiers so many places uh, in all the wars until, really until uh, the the 90s. But uh, the Jeep was the staple of the rolling stock of the United States government. From Navy to Army to aircraft carriers uh, to airfields to jungles and to deserts, the GP, the General Purpose Vehicle, the Jeep, started in Butler, Pennsylvania, was the standard that got soldiers, unfortunately, live and dead soldiers, uh, to where they were going, whether it was their next duty station or their final resting place. Let's uh, hear from another veteran, a man who was tragically killed in service of his country, Glenn Miller, with um, a song that tributes the Jeep. 
There you go, the Jeep Jockey Jump Bar cartoon of the morning, a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, that from Glenn Miller. He was an officer in the U.S. Army Air Force, of course, a band leader. I mean, we all know that. Who doesn't know In the Mood and, and those songs? But just in case you don't, he was a uh, trombone player, arranger, conductor, composer, recording artist before and during World War II. He was an officer in the U.S. Army Air Forces and was killed uh, in a plane crash, I believe, going to entertain troops uh, in World War II on December 15th, 1944. And uh, he was... Uh, he was I mean, his band was one of the most popular bands in uh, of all time. I mean, you, you, you think of the stuff that he 
Put out there, Moonlight Serenade, Chattanooga Choo Choo, Pennsylvania 65,000, In the Mood, String of Pearls, Midnight Co- Moonlight Cocktail. At last, I got a gallon Kalamazoo, and of course, the aforementioned uh, Jeep Drive Jump. And uh, a- again, a true, uh, a-, a true hero who was uh, unfortunately taken uh, in. Uh, you know, ran the Army Air Force Orchestra from 1942 to 45, and they drafted his whole band. And uh, again, was uh, taken from us in, uh, uh, I believe, um, let's see, the, uh, uh, the Armed Forces Band completed their recordings. Uh, they had bad weather uh, because they were going to move his union over to France. Uh, the um, put them aboard a uh, a plane. Uh, Miller's travel orders did not authorize him to board a casual flight. He did not report his intentions. The aerodrome was open in England. Uh, the uh, next morning, the Battle of the Bulge began, and uh, as the battle began, where everybody's attention was over there, they realized that uh, Glenn Miller and his airplane were missing. Um, search and investigation. The uh, he just wasn't uh, wasn't found. It couldn't uh, they couldn't find his plane. So, uh, so a fitting uh, artist to play on Memorial Day. Uh, great, um, a great movie about uh, the Glenn Miller story. Uh, if you if you endeavor to find it, probably on YouTube or uh, uh, places like that. But he is buried at Arlington National Cemetery and uh, Alton Glenn Miller, Major Alton Glenn Miller, gave his life uh, for music and for his country. That's going to wrap it up for another edition of Drive Time Radio. We thank you so much for listening to the show, as we always do. Have a safe and uh, reflectful Memorial Day weekend. I mean, don't, you know, go out and have some fun. Go to the lake, go swimming, go do what you're going to do. Be with your family. But keep in your mind somewhere the price that Glenn Miller and thousands of other men and women paid for the privilege of you going out on a Memorial Day weekend. I will see you next week if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise. Thank you to everybody who runs the show, including our good friend Nathan, the producer. Uh, Peace.